Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you for your fresh mercies today. Let all that are thirsty come and drink from the fountain of Israel, the fountain of the Lamb. The high place of the mountain of the Lord release living water and the fresh blood of Jesus into your souls, into your minds. Fresh deliverance, fresh healing, fresh oil, new wine, rivers streaming from Zion, making everything clear and delightful in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus, for washing the entire world with the blood, the water, the Spirit, and the Word of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. <laughs> you feel that huge release of joy when we went live? Yeah, it's like a washing. It's like a car wash, you know, when you go in there and they just blast with all the colors and the water washing the mind washing the heart washing the spirit well praise God you guys ready to have some fun in the glory yeah do you know that Jesus is awesome <laughs> Lord Jesus you're awesome today we thank you for being in our lives, in our spirit, soul, and flesh, and sharing your awesomeness with us right now, through your grace and your tremendous love towards us. I pray that everyone encounters Jesus' love towards them tonight, even in the severe things and the mature things of God. There is a tremendous amount of love in God's wrath, and judgment. <laughs> it's true. You begin to see how loving judgment is because judgment judges something. Something that God doesn't want separating you from Him or allowing you to not experience as much of Him as you need in your life to be successful in Christ. So we pray for judgments from the white throne today to wash over our minds. You begin to really have mental clarity when you embrace God's judgments. A lot of people, you notice, they run from divine judgment. They'll run from severity. They run from hard teaching. The apostles said to Jesus, this is a hard teaching. Who can hear it? Well, when you have wisdom and understanding, and you know that all God's judgments are to draw you closer to Him, your wisdom wants a harder teaching. You don't want the easy, just elementary teaching anymore, the kumbaya stuff. You want a sharp two-edged sword. You embrace the death of Jesus. The baptism of Philippians is the baptism of Christ's death. This is something you must completely and totally desire and want out of revelation. Revelation gives us a desire for the more mature, severer things of God to annihilate 
everything at a microscopic level in our spirit, soul, and bodies so that God the Father can dwell in us and be at home in us as His mansion. False Christianity is you getting your mansion. True Christianity is God the Father getting His mansion, which is our bodies under His complete possession and control. No longer demon-possessed, now God the Father-possessed, which is a person living in the fullness of the glory cloud. Coming up in the pillars of the glory cloud, it's you yielding your entire body and soul and spirit to God the Father's judgment. God will only possess what He's judged. You know, sacrifice is a judgment. It says something has to burn on the altar. Something has to die. You know, there is a requirement for the manifest glory cloud that something has to die. Now, it's the death of Jesus once and for all. Amen? Mm -hmm. So what does it mean? It's by faith implementing the sacrifice of Jesus Christ into our lives more each day as we grow in new covenant priests. As new covenant priests, you're learning to allow the old to die and the new to fly. Mm. You're learning how to maintain a greater glory and learning why this glory, the knowledge of this glory, is covering the earth. What does that mean? Your vessel, your body. Why is there a Shekinah today? And the Bible says, this is the growing in grace, is experiencing a greater glory. You grow in grace, you grow from glory to glory. What does it mean? Growing in the density and the ability of the glory cloud that you practice as a pearl of great price in your whole heart. So you got to be God inside minded. Why? The Bible tells you Colossians 1.27 that Christ is in you and there needs to be a hope of realizing that glory. What glory? The glory of Jesus Christ himself. Not a separate manifestation, but the person of Christ realized by the brain inside the believer's heart. Mm -hmm. When you realize the glory, you begin to have a vision for the promised land. Without a realization of the glory, you'll wander aimlessly like nomads through the earth, yeah. not even knowing where home is. Not understanding the purpose of Christianity. They'll make it about works. They'll make it about do's and don'ts. They'll make it about church. They'll make it about everything except the kingdom and living in it in the fullness of God's glory. You need to understand the purposes of God's plan in the new covenant are written in the high priest prayer in John 17. He said, that I may share with them my glory. The purpose of Jesus Christ coming to earth was to get you into himself and he describes the characteristics of living in himself as living in the brightness of his spirit. Father, I have shared with them, my disciples, the glory that you gave me, the glory that I had with you before the world was. So what's the promised land? Living in the glory. Is there anything more? The glory will carry you into the more. 
The glory will exercise your senses. The glory will reveal to your mind progressively. But every day there must be a practice of the glory of the presence of God. There must be a value mm. to the measure he shared with you today mm-hmm. and an enjoyment of it. For enjoying God is worship. That's what Adam and Eve did. They didn't have ritualistic ceremonies here. We're all we're having a two-hour worship service. <laughs> Kumbaya. Their simple enjoyment of God in the garden was worship. In fact, what you literally enjoy in your life is what you're worshiping in those bodies. Mm-hmm. So people like to fake it in Christianity because they know it's right, but they don't enjoy it. It's not fun for them. Reading the Bible is not fun for them. Doing the things of Christ and the things of Christianity are not enjoyable to them, which means you have not yet had a revelation of the new covenant. Once you do, the things of God are enjoyable, Mm -hmm. therefore they're true worship. Mm -hmm. Angels enjoy serving God. It's not a hard work. It's not laborsome. It's not wearisome. It's fun. It is truly fun to serve God in His glory. It is the eternal purposes. It's thrilling. It's exciting. It's rejuvenating. It's energizing. It makes every aspect of your life meaningful and rich and deep. And God wants to infuse your life with meaning and riches and glory and renew your mind to divine purposes so that you have wisdom in living in the eternal things of God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the temporal things, the things you've enjoyed before you had faith, those things just fall off. We're not trying to just fix that stuff through external religion. What we're doing is allowing your mind to realize Christ in you, and by enjoying the glory, what does the Bible say, Psalms 110, You become a volunteer in the day of His power. God only receives volunteers. Forced labor is of the kingdom of Satan. But the volunteers come willingly in the day of Jesus' glory power. Why? Because it's fun to serve Him and we've repented of serving everything else that was pseudo-fun. Right. Sin has fun in it for a season, mm-hmm. then it turns to death because it's total deception. It's an illusion. <laughs> Wrongdoing to the unrenewed mind appears as right doing. What does the Bible say? What of them who call good evil mm-hmm. and evil good? Which means your brain is backwards. There's a way that seems good to a man. In the end, it's destruction. So you begin to have a revelation in your mind to call good good and evil evil and discern rightly spirits. So that we obey and follow the Holy Spirit. And where does the Holy Spirit lead you? Bible tells you, into a greater light. What's the evidence that a person's following the Spirit of God and not a spirit from the world pretending to be God? They will always have a greater light blazing in their spirit, blazing in their countenance, blazing in their eyes. Mm. Their eyes will shine in an ever-increasing flashing fire oh we got a sign in wonder today too uh, we were doing our like devotional bible times worship times and i go over and i see brandon's face and his eyes are like turning gold i love sometimes it is a, you can 
I'm trying to make up for they didn't put Lonnie Frisbee smoking the Holy Ghost, so I'm trying <laughs> to make up for it. I preached myself drunk. And then Whoa. I was like, before we started, I was like talking to, uh, talking to, uh, talking to Carla and Marilyn and Brian and the cats. <laughs> And uh, because, you know, these cats are so precious, they're worthy of conversation and converse with Preach the cats. Preach the gospel to all just drooling. creation, yeah, not we're just humans. Drooling before we started. So I just, let's make up for all the times they didn't put Lonnie Frisbee talking the ghost in the movie. <laughs> and just, we need to write that wrong. I just... Go preach the gospel to the grass. It was a fun fact. The grass... And the might be more responsive than a lot of people. I can't even teach on this. (laughs) But you okay? So, realistically, what Brandon was talking about, how you get more wisdom, because one of the signs and wonders that happened today was there's a need for greater wisdom. There's a need for greater wisdom. Well, guess where we're at in our journey, Hakma. We're wearing blue again today. So we have to rid ourselves of the earthly wisdom for the snort more the glory. snort the glory right up into that brain and the hope of there being wisdom in this thing uh but look at proverbs is so if you treasure something what do you do <laughs> what do people do when they actually treasure something not like in a fantasy realm but what they actually treasure what do you do with they those go, things Ooh la la oh la la Ooh, shiny they you pay attention to it you sparkly. obsess over it sparkling <laughs> that's what they do and then oh the awe right they're in Ooh. awe of it awe and wonder and fear of it attention on it can't stop looking at it because i treasure it reading about mm. it uh observing it holding like it hiding it or something right so how to get more wisdom proverbs too <laughs> proverbs too <laughs> my child will you treasure my wisdom then and only then will you acquire it so how do you treasure it before you have it you're treasuring something that you don't yet have Giving it the awe and the wonder, the attention, oh. and the <laughs> and uh, then and only then you acquire it. Is <laughs> so train your heart to listen when I speak, and so it's training. Remember that we posted online the other day that picture where it's like, you know, Abraham waited for so many years, Joseph waited for so many years, and they scratched out waited, and wrote down in red letters trained. Right, you're not just waiting. It's not that just like waiting for the promises. You're training while you're waiting. You're in training right now. Like that training, the promises, it's written in the word of God. The promises purified Joseph. Right? Waiting for the promises. The promises purified and tried Joseph's heart until he was ready to inherit them. So the, the, the promises, you have the promises in your life. Those very promises are what is going to, to try you and break you down uh, until the time comes to you to inherit them. So oftentimes when the promises are, you know, X, Y, or Z, God has a promise for you, the, actually the exact opposite looks like it happens. And so you go through that time of training, maybe thrown in the pit or prison or whatever those things and challenges are happening in your life. If you look at Joseph's story, and it's written, I think, in Psalms 104 or 105, that those promises refine Joseph's character until he was ready to inherit them. So the fact that you're getting a promise means, okay, you know, buckle up, buttercup. We're getting ready to get refined. The promise is the thing that refines you and looks like the opposite is what's happening. But it's that character, the the patient fruitfulness of integrity and the character of God 
formed in us. You know, we learn from our mistakes. The wisdom, like Solomon, wisdom stayed with him. I want to say for Joseph, wisdom stayed with him. And he treasured the amount of wisdom that he had, which was much less than what he had in the future. After being purified and purged in, in of the promises. Let's take, I think, that what is that? Psalm 105. Joseph, this is really good. And people need to hear this because... You know, the charismatic bewitchment, part of that is they're like, the promises never happened in my life. Why don't they ever happen? They only don't happen if you don't go up in the sapphire stones or the sephirotic tree of righteousness. And why don't you go up? Because you're not being purified. There's no integrity. The character isn't being purged, right? Not just an external appearance of the knowledge of good, but the purging of the character to make you be forced to encounter, you know, the jealousy and the envy of your brothers. Or the um, Potiphar's wife and the, the the lust that was in Potiphar's wife brought the lust in Joseph to the surface for it to be judged and dealt with and how did God judge him and deal with him righteously because he fled the situation right so it's not about yo know, Joseph was so perfect that was a test and a trial for him every single one of those things were tests and trials to purge his character and yeah, let's look up, uh, let's look at here, Joseph. I can see a visible cloud of Shekinah in this place. Yeah. That's why I was getting so drunk talking in the cloud. I can see the cloud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> see the cloud ministries. It was jo Okay, God's promise here to Psalm 105, verse 19. God's promise to Joseph purged his character until it was time for his dreams to come true. Eventually, the king of Egypt sent for him, setting him free at last. And Joseph was put in charge of everything under the king. He became the master of the palace, master of the palace anointing, master of the interior palaces. He became the master of the palace over all the royal possessions. And Pharaoh gave him authority over all the princes of the land. And Joseph became the teacher of wisdom. To the king's advisor he became a teacher of wisdom so that purging of our character mm. is for us to be not just the wisdom that we have but what did proverbs 2 say treasure that wisdom and then you get more of it then you get it then you get more of it even if you don't really have wisdom it's also written if you're lacking in wisdom ask god he's not going to judge and condemn you for asking for a fault find with you but he's going to give you that wisdom if you're sincerely asking for it treasure the little bit that you do have that's from god and shun worldly wisdom right the wisdom of the the science of our times and things like that we use the technology we use the sciences you know there's all kinds of amazing things that are available to help people these days but anything used as we talked about apart even the shekinah apart from god wisdom apart from god judgments apart from god any one of those 10 attributes 13 attributes of god of any kind, anything in the heavens or on the earth or under the earth used apart from God is idolatry and immorality. So it's about seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is the sapphire stones, going up the staff of righteousness, Jacob's ladder, and all these things will be added unto you. And so why is now Joseph being master of the palace? He was master of the palace in the earth below. Now he's master of the palace in the you know, the heavenly realms, the celestial realms, the moon even still stands with his name on it. 
signifying Yasad, which is sexual purity, because of how he handled his tests and his trials for purity, not just towards, you know, Potiphar's wife, but also towards his brothers who, uh, you know, they did all those terrible things to him. And yet he didn't want to kill them in the end. He forgave them. He got over bitterness. He got over himself and his own destiny. And he began to walk in the true wisdom and love and care for others. And so God used him to take care of the people. And yeah, so that's God's call for your life is walk in wisdom, walk in grace. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And you won't end up in the black wisdom of black Neptune. Black Hakma, wisdom, an attribute that comes from God, used, even if it's a gift from God, for self, selfish purposes, dark speech, dark wisdom, anything like that that's used apart from the living God in union and in intimacy with Him, in purity and holiness, in humility, those are the graces that keep us in the, the humble path of the Lamb of God crucified for our sins and just viciously defend the faith as a lion of Judah that he's raising you up to be. Amen. It's really good. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Holy. <sighs> Proverbs 18.22 A man's greatest treasure is his wife. She is a gift from the Lord. let's go into the treasure house god's speaking today about his treasure and your treasure and the wisdom of divine celestial treasure so let's learn about divine treasure proverbs 20 verse 15 there's an abundance of gold and rubies but lips of knowledge are a rare treasure. Mm, treasure. Proverbs twenty-one twenty. There is precious treasure and oil in the house of the wise, who prepare for the future. But a short-sighted and foolish man swallows it up and wastes it. Ooh. Oh, that was good. Proverbs twenty-two seventeen. Listen care- carefully to my wisdom. Take to heart what I can teach you. You'll treasure its sweetness mm. deep within. Oh. You'll give it bold expression in your speech to make sure your foundation is trust in God. Mm. I'm laying it all out right now just for you. I'm giving you thirsty, sterling principles, tested guidelines to live by. Believe me, these are truths that work <laughs> and will keep you accountable to those who sent you. Mm. Proverbs 22.18 Treasure intensive. Mm. Let the treasure of heaven intensify within your hearts and within your minds. You'll become winsome and wise when you treasure the beauty of my words. Treasuring God's words causes you to grow in wisdom. And always be prepared to share them at the appropriate time. Proverbs 24.4 Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with every precious and beautiful treasure. Wow. Just say treasure out loud. Treasure. (laughs) Every precious and beautiful treasure will fill the rooms of your soul. Check this out. Proverbs 24, 7. 
Wisdom is a treasure. Wow. Wisdom is treasure. But it's too lofty for a quarreling fool. He'll have nothing to say when leaders gather together. Proverbs 31.10 A truly good wife is the most precious treasure a man can find. Aww. <laughs> that one's kind of surprising to my soul. <laughs> <laughs> she is like merchant ships abounding with treasure. Wisdom. A good wife is like merchant wow. ships wow. abounding with treasure. She brings her household's food from far away, <laughs> which is the food of the daily bread of God the Father's heart. Not to be confused with In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> I think that was an old meme we had in Arlem. Hey, it's good. All right, now check this out. Song of Solomon 4.9 You have captured my heart, my treasure, my bride. Jesus Christ calls you, yes, you, you. his treasure. You're a treasure. <clears throat> you hold Jesus's heart hostage with one <laughs> glance of your eyes with a single jewel of your necklace <laughs> wow okay oh that's deep he says it again in song of solomon 4:10. your love delights me jesus speaking now he says my treasure my bride his redeemed people are his treasure Ooh. his bride your love is better than wine, your perfume more fragrant than spices. <laughs> so what do we have in this realm of treasure? Spiced spices. wine. Spiced wine. Spiced wine. <laughs> Spiced wine ministries. Amen. I'll double portion if I don't don't mind if I do. <laughs> well he it's, continues it's on Friday. and uh Song of Solomon 4. You are my private garden, my treasure. So he says that the garden of your heart, your soul, wow. is a treasure, a garden treasure to him. So what does Jesus Christ consider riches and treasure? Bible tells you the garden of your heart is treasure to God. Wow. So when you give God your heart, you allow your heart to become his garden then he says that's what makes you my bride wow song of solomon 4 12 my treasure my private garden therefore my bride what what is it about it not it's a public a, garden a secluded <laughs> spring what is that spring it's the spring of the water of life of revelation 7 17 it's a hidden fountain why is it hidden because it's between you and Jesus mm -hmm. in your own spirit. Your spirit is a well of salvation. Mm. It's a hidden spring. It's treasure. And it flows up from the garden of your heart. Wow. And because there's a spring in you, between you and Jesus Christ, the Bible says that's what makes you the legitimate, true bride of Christ. Song of Solomon 5.1 I have entered my garden, my treasure, my bride. So when he enters us, he comes into a garden 
That is what being married to Jesus is. And that's mm-hmm. what the bride is, a garden for Jesus to come into our hearts and drink mm. from our very spirit. If he can't drink from your spirit, there's no marriage. There's mm. no garden. But if you allow him to drink from your spirit, then he continues to work around your spirit, sanctifying you for drinking you as his bride. I gather myrrh, my spices, honeycomb, honey. Notice it's all about edibles. I'm gathering this stuff inside your hearts. I've entered your hearts as a garden. That is my treasure house. Song of Solomon 5.1 NLT. It's the treasure house of the garden of the heart's bride. Then he gathers myrrh, spices. It's a cultivation. It's what a farmer does with his soil. Mm -hmm. He intensifies the property that he possesses and then makes it stronger for his drinking delight. Mm. I gather myrrh, spices, honeycomb, honey. Then, he says, I drink wine with milk. Wow. (laughs) And so I believe the wine and milk means that he can now, because he's cultivated the soul, he can drink not just from your spirit, Mm. but he can drink from your soul. Oh, that's good. So he's drinking from both your spirit man and your soul. So both Mm. these realms are purified to him. You could call that the land of milk and honey. Mm. The land of milk and honey is Jesus Christ can drink from both your spirit and your soul. It's the treasure house. Mm. It's a God inside minded revelation. Mm. Then he says, O lover, Song of Solomon 5.1, O lover and beloved, eat and drink. Mm -hmm. Yes, deeply of your love. This is the realm of the marriage supper of the Lamb. When God comes into us and can feast in our spirit and our soul. And guess what? The body gets the overflow. The bones, the flesh, the organs, your eyeballs, your brain, Mm. your skull. It gets the overflow. When Jesus is eating and drinking milk and honey and wine and oil and fragrance and all these spices. And this whole treasure house within us your body begins to glisten. Okay, Stephen with the glowing face, he had made his heart a garden of Jesus Christ's mm. delight. So there was an emanation in his physical body of what was going on in his soul and in his spirit. He wants to do this in your soul and spirit tonight and let there be a vision right before your eyes, right inside your forehead of making and cultivating your whole heart, spirit and soul a place for Jesus to develop things in you that he mm. delights in. Myrrh, spices, honey, fragrance, oil, wine, all these things that he can drink deeply of your love. Mm. Amen. Amen. You know, I've always, the people who always had the best gardens that I've ever met are usually farmers. As they know so much deeply about the the richness of the soil and what needs to happen. They have a watchful eye on the crops. I'm sure other people have really good gardens too, but I always noticed that it was always the farmers' houses. They had the good, really good gardens. They really took care of the soil because they understand tilling. Now when he said there's going to be a vision, I saw a really vivid vision of farmer Jesus in the garden with his John Deere tractor. 
And uh, like this big, you know, John is like, you know, uh, John, dear, dear John writing your books of John and the book of Revelation, first, second, third John. I saw these books of John, like the thing behind, yes, somebody can help me out who knows about tractors. The thing you hitch on the back of it to till it up. The, real, the big one looks like a huge thing with the spikes that go down. And he's just tilling it. He's like, all right, we're going to tear it up. And just till it up, remove the rocks, and just till I up the ground. I believe that might be a hoe. Like, but the really big one on the tractor. Is that what it's still called? I know what, the hand one is called a hoe. <laughs> but it's not. I don't think it's that. I think, was it? What? What's the one, that, the big spikes that go down? The real big one? that they, the, plow. the plow. Is that what it looks like? A giant rake on the back of it? A plow. It's just a plow. Okay, I don't know my. Anyway, who was it? It was on a deer, a big, John fancy Deere tractor plow. And then I said, "Well, John Deere, is that your tractor of choice?" And then I saw in the other one, he had a big red one. He said, "I'm also an international harvester." Ah, I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> so you can put in the comments below, John Deere or international harvester. Those are tractor brands. Yeah, if you have one preference, and I like, let's have a vote: John Deere or international harvester. Let's have a fight. Okay. Yes. <laughs> International harvest of wisdom and righteousness. And uh, what is the opposite of wisdom? Foolishness. Psalm 49, uh, if you look at 13. Such is the path of foolish men and those who quote everything they say, for here they are today and gone tomorrow. A shepherd called death herds them. The shepherd called death herds them, being shepherded by death. Leading them straight to hell like mindless sheep, yet at daybreak you will find the righteous ruling in their place. The righteous, right, the shepherd's rod is the staff of righteousness. That's why it's written, at daybreak, the dawn of day, the morning star rising in your heart, rising all the way up into the renewing of the mind, with that rainbow halo around the, the halo, rainbow halo angel standing on the sun standing on the moon clothed in the sun standing on the sun with the rainbow halo the son of god the angel of the lord yahweh rising as the morning star in your heart <laughs> through your spirit your heart and your mind to crown you with glory he's crowning you with glory the knowledge of the glory illuminating dat into a rainbow mind of Christ no longer separated apart from the Trinity but in the third heavens minded your thoughts are higher than human thoughts now your thoughts are third heaven thoughts you think like the people in heaven were speaking a thing that is not as though it is that we may see it come to pass in your time in your day in your day not in a future generation but this generation shepherded not by death into foolishness but by the living one the anointed one the shepherd of life the shepherd of righteousness at daybreak god inside you the dawn of day the dawn jesus christ the dawn the friend you will find the righteous ruling in their place every trace of them the wicked the foolish will be gone forever with all their glory lost in the darkness of their doom but I know the loving God will redeem my soul, raising me up from the dark power of death, taking me as his bridal partner. Pause mm. in his presence. Amen. Wow. Man, I was gone for a second there. Yes, oh. 
So don't be disturbed when you see the rich surround you with the glory. Again, the point in quote, they said glory of their wealth on full display for when they die, they will carry nothing with them and their riches will not follow them beyond the grave. It'll go to the righteous, those who are not shepherded by death. I was seeing some people really struggling with the people around them right now. And the Lord would say to you, just keep growing yourselves. The best way you can help others is by your personal growth in Christ. So by going up to him internally now. So it's going to take some discipleship, your inner man getting built up, your inner man resurrecting. As your inner man goes up, there's an overflow that will deliver people Mm -hmm. around you. It might just move some of them out of the way. But the greatest hope you have for saving others Mm -hmm. is your personal resurrection in the glory. You cannot help your family except through internal resurrection. You won't have any substance to help them in. Salvation only comes by the light of His glory. You can't save them by convincing them out of your brain, getting them into works of externalism. You just turn them into Pharisees. That ain't going to benefit anyone. Just turn them into slaves of religion. What sets the captives free? What is Jubilee? Jubilee is an outpouring of someone that hits the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Jubilee is you are now a personal outflowing fountain of resurrection, light, life, and glory. (laughs) So make the goal of your life internal resurrection until you're an outpouring of an elevation that sets the captives free. Listen, I want my fountain to be my evangelism. I'm really into evangelism, but I'm into fountain evangelism. Why? Because if you read the Bible, it's the most mature form. The spirit and the bride say, come and drink. Come in and drink. And who's he talking to? The nations. That's the greatest evangelism of all time. When they rally around the throne in Revelation 7, the Bible says all the nations come around the throne of God. Which means you internally resurrecting to the throne will be the greatest evangelism of all time. If a person's not internally resurrected, you can only reveal so much of heaven to them. And it's going to be very limited. It's not going to be the full gospel. There will be religion mixed in. There will be humanity mixed in. And so there'll be confusion in your converts. If you go up to the throne of God and become the outpouring of the fountain of the Lamb, there's no confusion there. Now you're looking upon the manifest sons who've reached the high calling in Christ Jesus, which means that's a religious free zone. We're going after God with no human mixtures. It's the prize and the high price of the high calling in Christ Jesus. It's easy to have human mixture because that will minister to human senses and reasoning and that'll be attractive to them because it's it's in a realm that their humanity can understand and receive. When you go into divinity, there's no humanity there. Which means it's not something that's common to the human nature to understand or receive. Going into divinity always challenges the humanity. If the humanity 
of your spirit, soul, flesh, mind, reasoning, senses, education, culture is not challenged. Be certain you didn't have a divine witness. God was not there today if the human being understood it. If the human being was sacrificed and the spirit, the new creature, got built up in fire, in the fire of Yahweh, then God showed up in that place. What does it mean for God to be present? If two or three are gathered in my name, then there I am in the midst of them. If two or three are crucified to their humanity, there is his divinity manifest in glory. Amen. Mm -hmm. So it's a crucifixion party, which is the marriage supper of what? Lamb. What's lamb? The cross. The marriage to the cross of a people anathema to their human nature. The preaching of the cross will be one of the main, if not the number one main thing, begun to be understood by people in the millennium day of Christ. We haven't understood it at an archangel level, at a second heavens level of great wisdom, because the human nature is not terminated that high. Right now, even the best of the best in the earthly still has quite a lot of humanity in their psychological intelligence, which is, you're not able to really explain things accurately to the nations. When we allow that stuff to die and fall off of us and go up into a higher angelic manifestation, the angels of God will teach us more accurately the gospel. Inheriting salvation through angels is what Hebrews prescribes in real Christianity. False Christianity doesn't receive salvation through angels. Real Christianity receives salvation through angels. What is salvation? The understanding of the gospel. So you begin to understand angelically the words of Christ and begin to walk in it in the ability of the angels, in different elevations. Now your spirit man is shining. Now you're walking on sapphire stones. Now, you're sacrificing of humanity. The humanity isn't even there anymore. So what's there is the divinity. So you just wake up in the glory. It's easier to maintain the presence and the power. Now you understand ascending and descending. Nathaniel, you will see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. First apostolic pro promise, if you read the Bible, was to Apostle Nathaniel that you are going to see what am I going to see? Angels. Why do I need to see angels? Because they are the ones assigned with salvation. Notice in the Bible, it's the first promise to the disciples. If you read the Gospels, it's the principle of first mention in Scripture. The first promise of the new covenant is seeing angels. Selah. Selah. <laughs> I Jubilees. Jubilee. That's um, that one really stood out. The Jubilee. Like the Jubilee of Jubilees, like that whole thing tied to the Shemitah cycles of the years of man being only 120, that being broken with the true true Jubilee is the end of, you know, dying at like a hundred or hundred and twenty. It's for it to not be a natural external thing, but for you to enter the Jubilee, because if it's not being done in the invisible reality of it, you're going to be dying at 120 literal physical years. But if it's that, you know, 
end of those Shemitah cycles. Uh, we, we posted on Facebook before the math for it, which I, I couldn't really attempt to do right now because number one, this animal is not that great at math and we're really probably too high to do math right now. But you can check it, look it up on the RLM Facebook group, you can find it, the Shemitah cycles, that 120 years of man. The Jubilee of Jubilees in the spirit realm fulfilled, that's a height of an elevation in the sapphire stones that once that's released, it's like that breaks off the cap of 120 years of age uh, being a limitation. So, yeah, it's like the curse of the fall, the word of God just thing, this, instead of Satan using the word of God in the natural realm to rule over flesh, the dead letter that kills, you know, with them ruling over those laws that were given at Mount Sinai now, it's that the fulfillment of the living word of God, right, the original Ten Commandments of Genesis 1, the celestial commandments that were made flesh in Jesus Christ's body, and then for him to, for those Ten Celestial Commandments, the word of God, to be made flesh and then to die. That means the original law died on, on the tree, on the tree, before time and during time. And so the implications of that are what we're endlessly uh, pursuing revelation on because it just completely renews the mind again and again to the goodness of the Father, the greatness of God, the infinite love of God, the the unknowingness of his invisible light, how much deeper, how much wider, how much greater invisible light is than even the most magnificent splendor of even visible Shekinah light. That is just the, the outrang brilliance of the glory of the invisible God who has made flesh in Jesus Christ, whose spirit now dwells in those who believe on hearing the gospel. And it just blows our mind. But that Jubilee of Jubilees is the seventh palace, the seventh hall, the seventh heaven of Bina, which is the understanding. And at what level that you enter in to that unknowing, at that unknowable place, that, that special place with that one key that Moses didn't have. He had all but that one key, that concealed mystery, that revelation of understanding. It's really interesting. Go into the Psalms sometime and look up understanding and look up wisdom and then just read through them all and see just how unknowable to the carnal mind these mysteries are, but yet how tangible and real it is to the spirit, how edible, how drinkable it is, his blood and his body, the bread and the wine. It's, you know, we're coming into a place of maturity of knowing how to feed the spirit, the bread, instead of for the brain or for the soul in my desires, my wants, but for the desire of the Father, which is to grow spirits, to father spirits. So the bread, now you know how to put it in your spirit. Well, and the wine, too, because people that learn to put bread in the spirit and they get drunk, they find the wine, the wine of Bina, that comes down. So when we're a little bit lower in elevation, the wine comes down and it filters through the, you know, unsanctified parts of the soul. We tend to put the wine, we'll splash it here, splash it on my brain, I feel good, yeah, nothing wrong with that. I was splashing... I mean, there's nothing even wrong with putting bread into your brain as long as you crucify it and it goes in your spirit. But learning how to put the bread in the spirit and now learning how to put the wine in the spirit because now your spirit is energized by wine and bread. What's the table of Melchizedek? Wine and bread. But it's about learning how to use them for God's purpose in your spirit and not even just how to put it into your spirit, but how to make your spirit subject 
to the will of and the impulses of the emanations of the Holy Spirit, which is lightning, which is power, which is grace, which is glory, his will, his will, his will, his will, his will, his will, his will. And those three raise up another ring, those three golden rings that are fathering and raising up another golden ring, pure gold, dried in the fire, burnt out of all dross, and it rises and approaches, and then he meets you halfway and finishes the work. He promised to finish the work and joins you to those three, and with those three, joined to this new one, married to those three, creates a square which multiplies, and each one that multiplies from that one golden ring is at least a thousandfold in multiplication, producing more seeds that produce more trees bearing fruit after their own kind. And that square becomes a cube, and that cube becomes many spheres, many cubes, forming heavenly Jerusalem to the dimensions of that cube which you see in the book of Revelation, heavenly Jerusalem, our mother, being manifest in the earth. That is the world that is to come. That is the place of the final key that was not given to Moses in his time. The final key of wisdom is found within the palace of understanding and is also the key to open up that 50th gate. And that 50th gate, that key that opens that gate, is holy, pure, purer than pure, purest of pure, divine, celestial, wisdom of uncreated invisible light that unlocks the jubilee of jubilees, which is the world that is to come. Amen. Mm, that's good. Jubilee. Oh. I can see Revelation 7. Uh, should I read it? Yeah. Okay. I can see three pillars right now. You mm -hmm, said that. Mm -hmm. And Glory. I see the two of the orbs illuminated, and what you're about to read is going to illuminate the third one. <laughs> this is really good. Thank you, Jesus. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth. The angels were holding the four winds of the earth. They were stopping the wind from blowing on the land or the sea or on any tree. Then I saw another angel coming from the east. This angel had the seal of the living God. The angel called out in a loud voice to the four angels. These were the four angels that God had given the power to hurt the earth and the sea. The angel said to them, Don't harm the land or the sea or the trees before we mark the foreheads of those who serve our God. Then I heard how many people had God's mark on their foreheads. There were 144,000, meaning how many got their minds renewed? Everyone who becomes the Israel of God. They were from every tribe of the people of Israel. From the tribe of Judah, 12,000. From the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. From the tribe of Gad, 12,000. From the tribe of Asher, 12,000. From the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000, tribe of Manasseh, 12,000, mm -hmm. tribe of Simeon, 12,000, tribe of Levi, 12,000, tribe of Issachar, 12,000, tribe of Zebulun, 12,000, Joseph, 
12,000 Benjamin, 12,000. Then I looked, mm. and there was a large crowd of people. After the mind is renewed to the celestial second heavens, new heavens, and our righteousness dwells of Jesus Christ outpoured within us that lifted up into the, that place. Notice this. The great awakening happens after the celestial Israel is formed in Revelation 7. Now, the prescription for the great awakening of the end times, the never-ending revival, which is the next true revival. Mm. Anything else is a distraction. Billion soul harvest. This is the billion soul harvest, the Bob Jones prophecy, the real deal. Mm -hmm. This will come out of the maturity of the sons of God mentioned in Revelation 7. The new heavens, those who conquer and overcome and make the second heavens new. <clears throat> they are the reason for the gathering of the large crowd. And don't think it'll come any other way. That's the only way it comes. There were so many people that no one could count them all. They were from every nation, every tribe, every race of people, and every language of the earth. They were standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They all wore white robes and had palm branches in their hands. What's the palm branches? Hosanna in the highest. It's a people whose spirit, soul, and flesh have made room for the coming of Messiah. They shouted loudly, Victory belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. The elders and the four living beings were there. All the angels were standing around them and the throne. The angels bowed down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God. They said, Amen. Praise, glory, wisdom, thanks, honor, power, strength belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, Who are these people in white robes? Where did they come from? I answered, You know who they are, sir. And the elders said, These are the ones who have come out of the great suffering. Many translations say, Out of the great tribulation. No. Which I know is the pressure between the old man and the new man. The old Adamic man and the new creature in Christ. Those pressure systems of the new and the old is the great pressure, which is the word tribulation. The great pressure. Amen. And that's what you wrestle with in your members every single day. The pressure of the old and the new. And the new wins. Amen. <laughs> These are those who come out of that great tribulation. So now these people are before the throne of God. They worship God day and night in His temple. And the one who sits on the throne protects them. Mm. They will never be hungry again. They will never be thirsty again. The sun will not hurt them ever mm. again. No heat will burn them up. The lamb in front of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to the springs of the water that give life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So notice, after the harvest comes in, God gives them a drink. 
That means learning how to sustain your temples drinking the waters of the Garden of Eden. <laughs> what causes never-ending revival to never end is a people who've learned to drink. Now, God told me many times it'll be as easy as breathing. As heaven comes to earth, you'll breathe heaven. It won't be a bunch of formulas and complicated mm -hmm. things that you need to memorize in the textbook. Mm -hmm. It'll be as easy as breathing and living in awe of the breath of life that just filled your soul by inhaling through your nostrils the glory of God. King David so slaughtered the enemies of Jesus Christ that he said, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. He made it easy for people to dwell in the Shekinah glory. By slaughtering the lies of Israel, slaughtering the demons of Israel, slaughtering everything that could be slaughtered, he brought down the Shekinah so that people could just breathe it in. And when you breathe in God's glory light, it influences all your thought life. You're not going to be tempted and pulled away by lust and pride so easily. You'll be tempted to do God's will mm -hmm. so easily because your whole mind is full of light by breathing the breath of God. Living in the glory, if you read Genesis 2, it required that God breathe into their souls. Wow. The breath of heaven is the cloud of glory. Mm. So you value it. It's invisible and it's different than the other breath that you had down here, the breath of sin. There's a breath of sin, but the breath of God shall slay the Antichrist, Thessalonians says. Which means they so cleanse the air by practicing God in their temples that now God is breathed through the nation's souls. How is the Antichrist slain? Breath of his mouth. Yep, the breath of the dimension of everything that has breath in the earthly is now breathing God's high celestial heavenly glory. Mm. So the breath changes in the earth. They don't breathe death anymore. They don't breathe sin anymore. They don't breathe demons into their senses anymore. As you go up, you're a filter of the breath down below. It says the same thing in the Song of Moses. Overcomers are singing the Song of Moses in Revelation 15. My words are like light rain upon tender mown grass. He caused his word to come forth from my mouth as rain towards everything down below. When you're on the holy mountain of Zion, Holy Spirit, fire mountain, fire. you go up in the heavens within and burn with holy fire everything below. The burning of the below is the all-consuming fire of God that cleanses the air of the prince of the power so that people can breathe in the Holy Ghost instead of the unholy ghost. Mm -hmm. Ascension purifies atmospheres. Purifica cloud purification <laughs> system for your house, for your workplace, for your car, for your personal atmosphere. Cloud pur purification system. Glorious, pure, kind of glory cloud purification system of the Holy Ghost coming out of your belly like rivers of living water. How can you get this cloud, this cloud purification system in your home for the easy price of 
1999 three easy payments uh, wait no it's for free it only costs you your whole soul but wait there's more check it out jude breath of life infomercial <laughs> <laughs> billy mays hopefully he's watching from heaven did he make it has anyone seen him there yet okay all right i hope he did make it there because i want to see his comedy. payments of dying daily your, <laughs> your self life and, and living your spirit, the christ life and your spirit yeah. and your soul and your flesh and the three easy God. payments <laughs> okay here we go easy and light easy and light Glory. ministries but check it out even in jude <laughs> okay, not even the archangel Michael did this. Michael argued with the devil about who would have the body of Moses. <laughs> Give it to us. <sighs> no. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> you cannot her, her, have... Her personality <laughs> is transfiguring before your very eyes. <laughs> oh, this... She's in a rare form. Rare there. form. <laughs> yes, it's good. Our <laughs> lives are just... The bad parts are falling apart. The cloud apart. will do this to you. you the get, cloud will make you so you feel good. It feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, the glory in here was so wild. I mean, you can see the cloud in here in the invisible, and a little bit is peeking into the visible. Yeah. And then Brian, we were praying in tongues. Everyone was praying in tongues before we started. And literally, I could hear the glory so thick. I could hear Brian. Brian Stonehouse, he's here. He's here faithfully every day. You could literally, I could hear him in English, but I could hear him praying in tongues. But I could also hear him in English, so it sounded like layered. And it, we were having that, we were trying to get those audio, you know, those pesky audio visual demons. They try to mess up the audio and the visuals every day. I know, I could, see, I know you're there. Anyway, <laughs> it's demons, we know. So we're praying in tongues, like these demons out here. And I hear Brian, all of a sudden it opens up, I can hear his tongues as if it's English. And he said, help, help Brandon and Rebecca, Father. And I said, I heard that, thank you. <laughs> it's so wild. Anyway, the glory is so thick. Honestly, if you're thinking about coming to visit sometime, it was worth it, just like you said, to breathe the air because we got that cloud purification system. We actually have a HEPA filter, really nice uh, air filtration, natural air filtration. But this glory cloud, makes it so nice that you could just if you just come even for an episode and and sit here and just breathe it's just like it's worth it there might not be we might have fancy mentorship programs you might just be here for a two-hour show and we don't do a whole lot of post-show kumbaya you know we don't really you know it's like we got stuff to do but uh oh it's worth it it's so good just get in here and you just breathe in that air Hey, it's coming in a different form. Oh, it's good. So the ministry is not going to be the traditional stuff of the charismatic church. As he's coming now in more mature leadership than ever before, it's going to be a different form. And that's why there's a lot of rejection of it yes. at first. Yeah. But it, it proves itself in Egypt like Joseph. Joseph is a, a major manifestation right now in the pioneering company. Right. you got to prove yourself through pit and prison, which is in all the earth and in the invisible realm and then it draws your family your brothers and sisters back to you once you've proved yourself right and that's like how else would you uh how i mean all our like faithful people are doing so well financially now like that's one of my favorite parts is when i get to hear back from you guys who you finally get it you learn how to feed your spirit 
you're tithing regularly, you're really getting with the pro, you're not playing games with God, and I hear the reports coming back of how well they're doing financially, how well they're doing spiritually, emotionally, that's the thing that encourages me the most is like, wow, okay, this is bearing actual fruit in actual lives. But here it is, glory cloud purification system for your home, book of Jude, because there's a different kinds of cloud and cloud uses. This is the fruit of she the fruit of Shekinah, right? We're talking, we're comparing apples and oranges, right? Shekinah used for the flesh, nature of the fallen angels to empower the demonic, or Shekinah used for the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God within your spirit. Book of Jude, they, okay, they are, here it is. It's the same way with these people who have entered your group. They are guided by dreams. They make themselves dirty with sin. They reject God's authority, right? We don't need leaders. And say bad things against the glorious ones. Not even the archangel Michael did this. Michael argued with the devil about who would have the body of Moses. But Michael did not dare to condemn even the devil for his false accusations. And said, Michael said, the Lord punish you. But these people mm -hmm. criticize things they don't understand. They do understand some things, but they understand these things not by thinking, but by feeling the way dumb animals understand things. This is the ERV. And these are the things that destroy them. Their dreams, their emotions, their feelings, judging by how you feel about a preacher, how you feel about the way we talk, how you feel about the dream, the warning dreams that you had about us, you know. You know, that's what he's talking about. All that bewitched stuff. And these are the things that destroy them. It will be bad for them. They have followed the way that Cain went. That's the way Cain went. To make money, they have given themselves to following the wrong way that Balaam went. With prophet Jezebel and the prophets of Baal. And Balaam, red magic, red sorcery, abuse again of the prophetic gift. They have fought against God like Korah did. And like Korah, they will be destroyed. Korah's rebellion, we don't need to follow Moses. We got our own thing. We don't need leaders. Hello. I mean, even if you just have a basic charismatic and Pentecostal history, if you value like mothers of the faith, like Marie Woodworth Etter, she said, God always uses leaders. Always. Though that's just a part of the game. It's part of the way it goes. It's how God does things. So, okay. God does it. It's good with me. That's it. End of story. These people are like dirty spots among you. They bring shame to you in the special meals you share together. They eat with you and have no fear. They take care of only themselves. They are like clouds without rain. Clouds without rain. That's important. That's the cloud filtration system. There are clouds without rain. What is a cloud? Shekinah. Glory. They are like clouds without rain. The wind blows them around. They are like trees that have no fruit at harvest time, right? That's uh, one of our prophetic people saw the dream of the wind blowing the apples out of the tree. What are they? Barren at harvest time. Orange tree was looking good. Purity of Shekinah. Apple trees represent in one measure or another Shekinah the Shekinah glory the orchard of apples they're like trees that have no fruit at harvest time and are pulled out of the ground so they are twice dead right it's that abuse and misuse of Shekinah for the self nature of the fallen angels in your DNA which is the path to death being shepherded by death the twice dead like the dirty foam on the wild waves in the sea everyone can see the shameful things they do they were like stars that wander in the sky a place in the blackest darkness that has been kept for them forever. Enoch, the seventh descendant from Adam, said about these people, Look, the Lord is coming with thousands and thousands of his holy angels to judge everyone. He will punish all those who are against him for all the evil they have done and their lack of respect for him. 
Yes, the Lord will punish all these sinners who don't honor him. He will punish them for all the evil things they have said against him. These people always complain and find wrong in others. They always do the evil things they want to do. They boast about themselves. The only reason they say good things about others is to get what they want. Dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ said would happen. They told you in the last times there will be people who laugh at God and do only what they want to do. Things that are against God, these are the people who divide you. They are not spiritual because they don't have the spirit, right? All spirituality apart from the Holy Spirit of God, His will, His emanations, His impulses is not spiritual, but demonic. Clouds without rain. When you look in here at the cloud, you can see the supernatural rain. When you start to become a fountain of glory as you drink until it becomes a fountain within you, you feast at the table of Melchizedek, and that fountain becomes like a fountain of wine, like a fountain of intoxicating glory of the holiness and the glory of God. You will see as your eyes open all around you constantly a cloud full of rain. And every now and again, you might see it start to come out from that invisible that your eyes have been open to see, and it starts to physically materialize itself. And at one point, it would start to materialize. I'd get my phone, try and film it, and it would zoop, didn't want to be seen, shrink right back into the invisible, but you can still see it in the invisible because as you rise on the sapphire stones, you're going from the night of faith to the morning, the dawn of vision that then it is written you will see clearly even as he has clearly seen you because to be known to see and to know and to hear is moving us from dark night of the soul without vision where you walk by faith not by natural sight but now you walk by spiritual sight and that spiritual sight cannot be sight unless it is the sight of the Holy Spirit moving you from sapphire stone to sapphire stone giving you increase in clarity wisdom vision and the day is dawning in the full light of day you will see him and know even as he has known you <laughs> amen mm, full day is done Knowing him as he's known you. Notice that it's all about that union within. Realizing the glory, Christ within you. And then bringing that union into the dawn of day, which is the morning star rising in your heart, which is God's full nature risen through your whole soul, your heart, and your brain. And it has control over your senses, your personality. It's all transfigured as Christ the morning star rises in your heart. So the end result of obedient faith is resurrection and the dawn of day. Why do we resurrect? For day to dawn. What does that mean? Daymakers. They're the ones that bring the day of the Lord. A daymaker is a one who's risen in the morning star in their hearts. To make day means to cover the whole world all the heavens with Jesus Christ formed in you and manifesting through you. That's why they're called the manifesting sons of God because they all manifest the creator God himself 
with all of his light. Mm. And so when you manifest his light, the stuff that's there resists it. That's why they're not accepted. You're not going to find anyone bringing God's divine light readily accepted. It's all rejected because they're already living in a light that they think is light, but it's actually darkness. Mm. Religions deceive the whole world. Potent sorcery, Babylon the Great, it is written. So it's the true daymakers. First and foremost, the pioneering work is removing false light that covers the nations, which they come looking like the enemy. Later on, as they burn away the enemy, now they look like the saviors that have come out of Zion of Obadiah chapter 1. Then they get their honor restored double, like Joseph Mm -hmm. from his family. That hasn't happened yet, guys. That'll happen as day is made from the realm of the overcomers. Mm -hmm. So we pray for the bright morning star to rise in your heart, that his brightness would shine in you, and you practice that brightness in you Mm. with all of your soul, leaning not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledging him, and he will direct the morning star's course. The morning star will always challenge you out of your humanity every day to go up higher into the realms of angels. He's the Lord of hosts, the captain of angel armies. And so he wants to rise up into the realms of the angels in you. That's why, Nathaniel, you'll see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Where is he now? The Son of Man has come into your heart. Jesus, come into my heart. Now you go up into the realms of angels. If you keep your eyes fixed on him, you'll always rise from glory to glory and always have increasing amounts of holy angels in your soul and around your soul because you're inheriting the salvation of God. What is that? The light of salvation is that day star, that day-making star, the star that created the mm. stars. God himself in the Bible is called the star, mm. bright morning star. That's the creator. That's the angelic nature of the star of God. You got a deposit of the star of God when you're born again. Now your job is to yield to it in that light only, which makes Jesus your God and no other external God. And then that star continues to rise in your hearts. If you if you yield to him constantly against all the other lights in the world, that one true light that's coming to the world, John chapter 1 says, true light has come into the world. How did true light come into the world? Mm. Through a star. That's right. Magi followed the star. What they call it? They called it the star of Jesus, the mm. star of David. David? No, the son of David, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came into the earth, according to the Bible, through the stars. Trothenia, which means now, through the bright morning stars, star of stars, light of lights, creator angels. Stars are also synonymous in prophetics to angels. Wow. So the angel of the Lord, that's Jesus Christ's name in the Old Testament, came in a body, and then as an angel rose in a body. Just like a tree has 33 rings, the Messiah had 33 years on earth, and rose into the full stature angelically inside a Jewish man's body, Jesus of Nazareth's body, Okay, and showed the world the exact outrain brilliance of God the Father, of the one God. Amen. So then when he was the exact outrain from inside the body, that's when God took him home at age 33. Mm. That's when he ascended. Now he sent the same light into our hearts to rise up in all of that light going from glory to glory is that path of Jesus from zero to 33. 
<laughs> Absolute truth anyhow. So now we're coming into the higher light, the day-making light, and there's still a greater dawn in the heavens upon the nations below. As it is written in Isaiah 60, nations shall stream into the light of your rising, mm. which is your day-making, which is the bright morning star risen in your hearts as your angelic personality shines forth and the animal is burnt in the fire of the morning star rising in you. Fire comes only from one place. If you understand science, fire can only come from stars. Fire is the emanation of stars. Fire. And so the fire of God come from the bright morning star and burn everything that can be burned as it's written test everything in fire. fire all believers works now be tested in bright morning star fire fire first mention of fire <laughs> in the bible is the revolving sword of fire guarding the path to the tree of life the revolving sword of fire i believe that's the bright morning star himself the path to the tree of the life. word of god the sword of the lord Jesus. Sword of fire. Amen. All right. Let's end with this verse. This is Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions oh. of the natural realm. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Give an offering into the celestial treasure house of God. These heavenly realities, value them. Put the natural treasure into the heavenly treasure house of the Word of God. Sowing into that heavenly treasure realm. Valuing the treasure house of the Word. The treasure house of heaven. In Jesus' name. And let everyone begin to give into God's treasure house. Let the finances of the nations be consecrated for God's treasure house in the heavens. For the ruling of the kings of the celestial realm of overcomers, the Israel of God of Revelation 7, let it become the only place the tithes and offerings are received from all believers in all the earth. They must come into the government of God. They must come into the celestial realm. They must come into the sun and the stars of the sapphire stones and let the ruling mature ones have government of all wealth and power over all nations, tribes, and tongues to rule from the mature Christian nature formed in them in Jesus' name. And let there not be another. Let the thief no longer steal. Let the liar no longer lie. Let the deceiver no longer deceive. But let the righteous reign as they make day from the heavenlies above. Amen. <laughs>